don't think I'll ever talk about like why I have these triggers just because. Oh. I don't know why I'm crying now. Just because like I'm too embarrassed to talk about like how I grew up, but. R-O-T-N, let me present to you the Rotten Podcast. Hello guys, good morning. Welcome back to the Rotten Podcast. We're on episode 30. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Guys, that is crazy, 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 crazy. I know. We started November. Now it is June. I can't believe it's six months already. This year probably has to be the fastest year that's ever gone by. I know. Like it feels like our engagement party was a couple months ago. I know. But so much so much has happened since. Like Theo has grown so much. When I think about where he was at, mm-hmm. even at the beginning of the year, when he wasn't even trained and was had problems. And we thought he was gonna die. Yeah. I thought that was like two months ago. No, that was like six months ago. Yeah, that was six months <laughs> ago, which is wild. And guess what, guys? He's getting his balls chopped off. Those things are this is why I don't think I ever wanted a boy dog, because balls just gross me out. Human balls. Gopher balls, dog balls. Human balls gross you out. Yes. Sorry. That's not true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I honestly they never do. wanted or really pictured having a male dog, which I gave the option to you. I was like, we could get a girl. No, we you... have too many girls in the house. We yeah. need that male Too many energy. bitches. We did have too many bitches. Now we, we have a little. Well, obviously, that's what I was. You know. Oh, okay. Just okay. Kidding. Just kidding. Um, we had to balance out the energy in the house. We do. Yeah. So we're a little closer, but you have very strong energy. So we're still looking. Do you think I have like strong feminine energy or male energy? Yes. Feminine energy for sure. But isn't feminine energy very like submissive and caring and catering? I feel like I do cater and I am like nice and caring. I feel like I cater to you a lot. I feel like out of the both of us, you are definitely a lot more caring. mm -hmm. You will like take, you like literally pick me up. And take me to bed at like 3 a.m. It's so cute. You'll 
you've started to make teas for us every single night. Like it used to be my thing. And now I've realized that you always are feeding the dogs. You're always making us tea. You're always wanting to cook something for us. You're always wanting to take care of me. You like literally shove supplements down my throat so that I'm healthy. Like it's very like. got to make sure I take care of you. Yeah. I, I, I'm very nurturing. Yes. I realized. That, that's the word I was looking for. You're very nurturing in like in between the two of us, which is funny enough because I used to think I was a nurturing one but then I realized then you met me then I met you then I realized you're way more in tune with your emotions you're way more in tune with your nurturing side <laughs> and I, I do have a lot of male energy where I think we talked about this in last week's episode how we like fight for the pants mm -hmm. I do notice that I am a very dominant person when it comes to like my partner and I've always been like that but with you I do find myself submitting more than I used to but also like there are so many things you just do better than me that I just allow you to do. Like what? This music to my ears. This is new. Like carrying me, like little cute things, like waking me up every morning. Like Matt will, because I wake up probably two or three hours after you. Yeah. Matt will come in all the time and like gently give me kisses and like rub my shoulders until I wake up every single day. It's like. What a nice way to wake up. I wish so nice. a lot of the things that I do for you are things that I wish were done to me. Really? Well, I mean, typically I feel like that's how love languages go. You yeah. usually give love that you wit that you want to be wanna. receiving, which mm -hmm. is why, and we've done so much work on this. And I think a lot of couples struggle with having their needs met, feeling, getting the love they feel they deserved and yeah. also appreciation, which we've talked about because a lot of times I'll be giving you love that I want to be getting and you might, and you do the same thing, but the love that I want isn't necessarily the love that you want. So there's that disconnect in between, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think it takes understanding your partner and having those conversations to feel like, to learn when do they feel the most loved. But honestly, I do I do love doing those things because they do also make me f feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things you really like, like carrying you to bed. You used to like ask me to do it all the time <laughs> and I got sick of it. And I stopped doing it for a while. I remember you were like, why do you always make me take you to bed? But now you just like do it and yeah. love doing it. I like to do things when. It's unexpected for me. Yeah. Or like even emptying the dishwasher, which is like your job. You mm -hmm. know, we have a good system. Like I load it and clean some of the things and then you'll actually like empty the dishwasher. Yes. Which is good that we have a good system, but I don't mind emptying the dishwasher to help you out and move things along because it's not a big deal for me. Like yeah. if I'm in the middle of cooking and stuff is sitting there, if I can get ahead and just be getting things done, which is kind of like how I was raised. My dad was always just moving in the kitchen and a lot of the jobs that I, I have, like in the flower shop, it was like never walk around a flower shop with an empty hand. There's always buckets that need to move. So if you're going back and forth, you can always grab something. So that's kind of what's been instilled in me. And I like to do those things for you, but I don't like when it feels like I have to do them or that you're not doing them, if that makes sense. Like, I'll gladly do it a lot of the time as long as it doesn't feel like I have to be doing it. Or you feel thing. like I'm reciprocating that love in other ways. For example, this week, I would say my love language is very much gift giving mm -hmm. um, and I love to give words of affirmation. Like I'm always telling you, like you're doing such a good job or X, Y, Z, like I love you so much, whatever it is, right? So like you feel loved in those ways because that's how I like receiving love. And I would say like me going out and buying you like wax to like wax your back or like, <laughs> like, a, like a little like, or buying you SPF because you ran out of SPF and I like looked up like good SPFs that guys like. And then you ended up liking the La Roche-Posay one and then 
they randomly sent me a bunch more. I'm like, fuck yeah, now I don't have to buy them for you. <laughs> but it's like, I like to take care of you in like different ways. And um, so this week, we need to put the photo. Can we put the photos up of me waxing your back? No. Oh my God. Okay, fine. Whatever. So Matt is a hairy, hairy man. And I have been begging Matthew to let me wax his back for months and months and months and months now. Why do you look so like shocked that I'm talking about this? Do no, you not no, want I'm me to talk about no, it? No, no, no. Okay. Let me know if you don't want to talk it about it. It is a sensitive subject. Wait, why is it sensitive? I mean, it's like an insecurity I've had. Like, no to have a wants. hairy back? Yeah. But the thing is, you can just shave it. See, the thing is, I don't understand men because men will have insecurities that to me are insane. Like, you have a hairy back. whoop de do Shave it. Wax it. There's so many options. Laser it. Right? I mean, I didn't really realize that those were possibilities. <laughs> I mean, I knew you could like shave and wax, but I'm like, am I really going to do that? Or will I just like accept myself? See, that's the, the issue. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. With guys, that is your guys's issue. Like, girls will go to get their Brazilians wax every single week if they don't like something, like their eyelashes are too short, glue them on, their nails are too short, glue them on, their boobs are too small, stick them in. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's very true. Pump, pump me with some plastic. So, for guys, like, I remember when we had that conversation with Nanita Patel, um, and you're just like, oh, like all this hair stuff I can do. It's like, there's so many things you can do. And yeah. I, 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 sometimes it's hard for me to feel bad for guys that are complaining because girls go out and do all the things that they complain about. Like, it's true. And I think a lot of that led to me being open, willing, down, and then eventually excited about doing it because we've had so many conversations and even sitting down with Anita, I'm like, I see how much work you put in on yourself and your appearance, like constantly day in and day out. Like yeah. I spend such little time doing those things when it's great to take pride in your body and groom yourself and change things that you don't like. You know, for yeah. a while I felt like, oh, I just have to accept this. And now I'm like, well, I could just change it if I would feel better and happier doing that, yeah. which is definitely a perspective shift. And it's definitely like a hard thing to overcome. I feel like a lot of men's perspective on cosmetics and themselves is like, I'm just going to deal with this. Like mm -hmm. it's not masculine to want to change it. it. The most masculine thing is like, just like own it. Yeah. But it's not fun for your girlfriend or your wife or your significant other when they're just seeing you like in front of their eyes, <laughs> like their skin and stuff. Like, like everything's deteriorating. And I'm just sitting here like, and I'm not saying this about you, but yeah. I'm just saying like, if I was to date you and you weren't doing anything about anything, like right. I'd be like, why am I putting in so much effort when yeah. you're not doing the same thing when there are so many options out there for guys and girls to get things done? Mm -hmm. And I know it's like, okay, age like fine wine, like embrace aging. But at the same time, like self-care is self-love. And I find 
I feel the happiest when I look the best, when I'm grooming myself, when I'm shaving myself down there, right? It makes me more open to wanting to play with you, right? Or have sexy time or whatever it is, right? So if, like those things make me happier. It's going to also make you happier in our relationship, right? Because then you're not sitting and hearing me complain about something that you're like, well, then go, go wash yourself, go, go, go shave and then right, come back. Right. Um, but I know for you, I've talked to you about this, maybe like when I got bangs that, that was probably the most insecure I've ever been just because I put so much emphasis on my looks in my hair. And so I've been kind of going through the motions of feeling insecure lately because really? of my hair. Yeah. Because I don't have my extensions in and I've really fucked up my hair going blonde, which totally normal i fucked around with my hair and i found out like <laughs> i totally deserved my hair falling out right so it got really 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 thin and i'm just i'm looking back at all these old photos of me where my hair was so thick and so luscious and it was so much prettier and so much bouncier and shinier. i think your hair is beautiful you got blessed with such good hair that even right now you have better hair than majority of women without a doubt. Even the other day when you blow dried it, I was yeah. like, holy shit, your hair looks insane. Well, that's because the style I'm doing makes my hair fuller than it actually is. But it's not that. It's not as thick as it used to be. Well, it'll get back and there. You have really healthy hair. so Thank you. And what I'm saying with that is that I don't know. I haven't talked to you about it because there's no point, right? But I'm doing so much to my hair right now to, mm -hmm. to the point where I know in a year it's going to look even better than it did before I went blonde. Like I'm putting my hair in a satin pillowcase, um, satin hair ties, hair mask, Olaplex, K18, all these expensive products and all, also cheap products like Pantene Pro-V's like and damaged here I hair. am like my hair is slowly falling out and I'm just crying about it and not doing anything. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm using minoxidil in my hair even though like I'm not losing hair but it does thicken up hair have you noticed the difference a little bit like yet? i have these like little like baby bald spots that i used to see on the podcast which would bother me or anytime i put my hair up and it's like less i, I can see baby hair is growing back so it gets frizzier but that's a good thing because then i know like oh there's like hair growing out so yeah i just i don't know how we got to this tangent you were saying that you like went out and bought wax to like wax my back yeah I, I guess that was my me showing my love language and me thanking yeah, you, you were for taking me. care of me. You spent like four hours grooming, grooming my body this Literally week. Literally waxed the <laughs> shit out of that back. That hurt so fucking bad. <laughs> but towards the end, I like kind of got over it, but it was so painful. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm it, really happy that we did it, which is crazy because I've never really <laughs> seen how my body looks without hair. And I'm so glad that we did it because... I couldn't really see the progress as much from all my working out. And then ever since I like shaved my entire body, <laughs> I like see myself and I'm like, holy crap, I can see how strong and jacked yeah. and like defined I've gotten, which is wild. It's nice to see how much more confident you've gotten since we've started dating as well. Yeah. Like I just, I see it night and day and it's insane. Cause like, I feel like in return of you being happy it's made me happier too because like you're so much more confident in yourself which has allowed us to like be more playful and fun and like tickle each other and touch each other in places that like before i feel like you were <laughs> too shy for me to even like touch your back or touch your tummy or whatever it was tummy That's your funny. tummy my tummy yeah yeah totally i don't know but other than that how has the rest of the week been for you you have oh. you have music coming out today yeah, this is a no no tomorrow i thought it was on tuesday wednesday this oh yeah it'll be wednesday okay well tomorrow yeah i'm so excited i've had like a very up and down week as you know i yeah. went through probably like a 24 to 48 hour period of like 
very depressed, dark thoughts. Yeah. Which I haven't experienced to the level that I did this past week. I think it was definitely a culmination of it being 630 days since I've released music. Yeah. Um, Losing sort of that momentum of putting yourself out there, putting your art out there. And because there was so much time in between, I really feel the pressure of making this music work. It's a really scary thing, honestly, like feeling terrified, feeling isolated. And when I would go, I was working on filming content this week and it just, it was really hard for me to get into. Like I I was resisting it so much, like a pit in my stomach. I just didn't feel good. I really had to like force myself. And that's what happens when you just put way too much at stake on something you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I know I'll get over that hurdle and I have, and I'm excited to put this out and just keep pushing, move on to the next thing. But there was so much that just felt like it all piled up and it just came out and I was like so depressed. Like my insides just were hurting. Yeah. I just felt completely terrible. It made me really sad just because I feel like I have so much faith in you as a person. Yeah. Just because I see like you work so hard, not only in your music, but like in everything that you do. And you do put a lot of pressure on yourself and I can see why, like it makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, like I can see where it stems from, which is being a creative that puts too much pressure on like a, this one project that you just thought was going to be the end all be all like the best thing ever. I've made plenty of videos that I thought would go viral being like, Oh fuck. Like it didn't go viral. Why did I spend like 16 hours on that video? That was such a waste of time. I'm not going to make my money back. I spent so much money on this, 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 And then I'm like, fuck, I'm a failure. Like, why am I doing this? For me, every day this year, I've written down my mantra. I have like a handful of them. And some of them are get 1% better every day. Mm -hmm. Quantity leads to quality. Mm -hmm. Lower the stakes. And one song does not define my self-worth. And just repeating that over and over is helpful to be like, I'm not defined by one thing I do, but I think that The pressure that I have on myself is because I feel like, wow, I'm like 31 years old and I'm like chasing music and it's like such like a negative. It it just feels like a negative pursuit almost to a degree where at the age I'm at, it's like I see other people like really making good money and investing and saving and even you. And I'm still in this place of this like little dream world where I'm just riding on self-belief. But it's not like you're broke. Do like the thing is, you do make money from doing this, and I feel like that's where people don't understand. Well, it's not enough, yeah. But it's not enough to be where I want to be. And since I have such high expectations of myself and the person that I want to be, I'm in that in between period where it's like very difficult because I know that I could be really successful at so many things. Like I have so much confidence in my ability to lead, to start a business, to even do sales. Like there's so many things that I feel like I could be so successful at, but I'm like doing music. So it's such an uncertain journey that sometimes it's really hard to quantify. I mean, I feel like I've always pushed you since I've known you being like, you need to just focus on music full time. I've said that since we've dated because you've always had a side hustle or like, like your music was always a side hustle instead of your like main hustle, right? And so because of that, you weren't able to put 100% into your music. And this is probably the first like year ever you've been able to do this. Like 2023 was the first time you've been able to just like focus solely on your music, nothing else. And 
I can see you've improved so much with your music and I'm so excited for the song to come out yeah. and Rose, I'm more excited for like the other future music that come out that I yeah. heard you've been playing. I also wanted to add that for me, like I knew I would regret if I didn't jump into YouTube full time after college. I didn't think I would, didn't think I would make it, made only $13,000 the year prior um, was and turned down a $60,000 job offer just to do YouTube when I didn't know if the money would be there. But I knew I had to do that to make me feel fulfilled and satisfied and satisfy my curiosity to see if I can make it or not. And I feel like for you, you're finally doing that. So like, even if, to me, I know this is gonna work out for you, but like even in five years, you're like, I don't think I wanna make music anymore. You'll be so happy that you even tried at this point. Yeah, and you are you have such an inspiring story. I love telling that to people about you really? and how you took that plunge. And it's so admirable. And I think even like this year was the first time where I really fully focused on it. And I came to terms with that. I will because last year we were working on the podcast, the NFT stuff. Yeah. I put my music a little bit to the side and for two years, 630 it, days. Yeah. Almost two years. Well, I was still really working on it, but I was also like working on these other things. And I became so miserable working on those other things as well because I couldn't devote as much attention as I wanted to to my music. And finally, when I made that shift, I'm like, you know what? No matter what happens, I have to go down this road because I'll I'll hate myself if I don't give it everything I can. And I and I wonder what was what what could I have been if mm -hmm. I really tried. And with that sort of commitment, it is very terrifying because this is the first time where I'm like, I am putting so much on the line for this music. And I kind of just had that moment where everything kind of came to a head and I felt all that pressure of yeah. what I put on myself. And um, I mean, if it, even it has to do with our relationship, right? Like we're getting married. We have all these big expenses. Like we're taking this big step forward. And it's very scary to not be in the place that I want to be in financially and where I'm at in my career, where it definitely adds like a very big layer of pressure because of the person that I want to be for you for my partner, mm -hmm. for my family that I, that we want to have. Like, that's where I do feel a lot of pressure with the age and the place that I'm in is like, I can't just be like a broke artist raising a family and you're making all this money. Like, that's not the life that I want to live by any means. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I love that you're so self-aware about it because I feel like a lot of guys or girls are just not self-aware to be like, yeah, I am struggling right now. And yeah, I can admit this to my partner. And this is something that I just love about our relationship so much is that we have these very, very vulnerable and real conversations with one another where I know that like a lot of relationships don't have these types of conversations, even though both of them are thinking it in the back of their heads. I don't know where I was going with that, but I really appreciate the self-awareness because yeah. I feel like both of us are very self-aware of our own faults. Like, I know my faults are that, you know, I just don't share enough and I'm very reactive. We've had to have tough conversations about things that, you know, I've done wrong in a relationship. And Well, you've grown a lot with those things. I feel things. like I've grown a lot. I think we both have grown a lot. I think our couple's therapy has made us grow a lot. And I know we said that we fight a lot in our last podcast episode, but I think someone pointed out in the comments, like, you guys don't fight. It's more like disagreements. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like we don't fight a lot. It's more like we have 
disagreements that we're not scared to share our opinions about, which yeah, I think is a level of honesty from. and comfortability within your relationship to be share how, sharing how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, and that was something we were even talking about last week because those things build up. And if you're constantly in the back of your mind thinking and having passive aggressive thoughts, like why is my partner not emptying the dishwasher rather than being able to call it out? And then maybe that leads to a disagreement because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It ends up being a net positive result because you're sharing how you're feeling. Your partner hears you, even if it makes them feel defensive in that moment. Over time, they'll understand and they'll want to be better because they don't want that stuff to happen. And I think we used to fight a lot. And now it's more of disagreements and we have so much better conflict resolution strategies in place to allow us to actually have healthy disagreements and healthy fights because if you're not fighting or having disagreements then yeah you're just not being honest with one another and not only that i think our couples therapy have allowed us to see each other's triggers as well like mm -hmm. i get triggered from my childhood trauma from feeling cornered or feeling like people are getting really loud and aggressive and i'm a very loud person and you're a very loud person and i know you'll never hurt me and you never like are screaming at me you're just screaming in like you're just like yelling in general or just raising your voice in general it's not like directed at me but those do make me feel like very small and very scared and fearful because and it triggers you to like immediately shut down yes i immediately shut down and i have to like restart my brain being like do not shut down do not shut down do not shut down do not shut down like pull it together you're okay he makes you feel safe. You know you're safe with Matt. Like, you're not unsafe. And I don't think I'll ever talk about, like, why I have these triggers. Just because. Oh. I don't know why I'm crying now. Just because, like, I'm too embarrassed to talk about, like, how I grew up. But. Well, you shouldn't be embarrassed because it's out of your control and you've grown so much and you've done so much work. And but it's, it's healthy yeah. to express, you know that pain so yeah. don't feel bad about crying like even now i feel like i'm like i can feel my like self mentally wanting to shut down and like i there have been moments where like i really run away from you and like i just need you to give me space and like at the same time you just like didn't understand like okay why is tiffany running away why is she like hiding in a closet like and it took me a while for me to like admit like why i had those like reactive yeah. outbursts or where i would just like literally try to hide from you just because like I had like the only way I would feel safe is if I hid and also like it takes me a lot longer to feel in tune with my emotions just because like I didn't grow up the same way you did right, right. where like your mom really wanted you to talk about your emotions and like you you grew up in a family that talked about their emotions yeah. versus like I don't know any of my mom's emotions and well, we had different like I I had to rely on my emotional intelligence to survive mm -hmm. in my intuition emotionally to kind of figure out how my parents are feeling that would dictate sort of like my safety. Yeah. Right. And like my guidance. But for you, it was kind of the opposite where actually it was more of a survival safety mechanism for you to shut down and block out your emotions because that helped you continue to feel safe. Yeah. And I think the problem with not the problem, but I think what happens with triggers and trauma is it's really hard to come to terms and admit that that is such a deep thing that affects you. Like right now, even like you were saying, it took me a while to admit that this is something that really affected me because since you get pained and scarred by your traumas, you want to forget those things and leave them in the past because of how much power they had over you. Mm -hmm. the, you the last thing you want to admit 
is that it still has power over you. Yeah. And that is the hardest part. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle because they suppress it because they're like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm over that. And even me, things that I thought that I like completely dealt with and was over, I was really suppressing part of it because I was afraid to admit that it was still affecting me. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of strength and power in bravery in admitting that you're still pained by your trauma because then you can really figure it out. You could see how it's affecting your life. You could become more powerful. You can be stronger and you can fix those things inside of you. Yeah. And I, I will say, like, it doesn't affect me day to day at all. Like my childhood trauma, if anything, I almost weirdly feel like it made me stronger and it made me the person who I am today. And it made me see things a lot differently than most people just because I had to like not be in tune with my emotions to survive. So I can really extract my feelings from a situation being like, okay, logically, what is going on and how can I get out of the situation? I've had to learn by dating you that because you're so much more in tune with your emotions and how you feel that it doesn't mesh well together when we have like an argument because I do want to run away most of the time. Mm -hmm. Or it's either I run away, it, like the, there's like, to me, it's healthier for me to run away than to react because I can be very reactive and very mean because I'll just shut off my feelings and be like, all right, you wanna get into it? Let's get into it. And I'll just like, be so mean but I know that's so so unhealthy for you or whoever I'm dating at the time because I used to do this all the time with my high school boyfriends where like if they would get me mad I would just make them cry and I would be like Jeez. why are you crying um, and it was God. actually John who pointed out what I was doing and with you I haven't gone as far with you as I've gone with like my exes and I do feel really bad for them yeah. But at the same time, it's like... But I don't think I would have allowed you to go that far. It's not you allowing me. I just won't shut up. <laughs> but I wouldn't, like, stand for that kind yeah, of behavior. I know. know. And I've grown up so much. Like, this was stuff I would do when I was, like, 16 or 22. Like, yeah. I don't do that shit anymore. The first, like, second fight I had with John, that was, like, a massive fight. Like, I, he was, like... You're too old to be doing this. Like, no, he, like, looked me in the eyes. He was, like, I know what you're doing. Stop it. I'm, like... Oh, shit. <laughs> I got called out. Yeah. I was like, okay, like that's really fucked up. I need to stop doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But like you just learn so much in every relationship. I, I'm sure it, like your ex taught you what not to do. <laughs> yes, definitely. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot with you too. Yeah. Because I'm only your second your like real relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you learned so much when you're in long-term relationships because once you get out of that first year even second year and you start to really reveal yourself yeah because i think a lot of people protect who they are by trying to please their partner and kind of put on a little bit of a facade yeah during that honeymoon phase and then eventually that wears off and you become comfortable and the real true colors start to show that's when the real work starts to happen yeah. and you start to realize like the type of person you are how you handle situations and how you're affecting your partner and it also really pinpoints how you were raised how you deal with things emotionally i mean honestly for the longest time i just i didn't want kids because i didn't want to like traumatize them in the same way like some of my family members have traumatized me as a kid so it's nice to know that both of us 
realize we've been traumatized as kids and can work towards being untraumatized. As I've, like, the older I get, the more of a, and I don't know how you feel about this, but maybe it's like a thing for a man. But the the older I'm starting to get, the more that I really want to have a family. I don't think it's a man thing. I think it, there, there is this, like, internal biological clock that's even stronger for girls because we can't have, we really can't have kids naturally, yeah. easily at past, like, 37. Like, right. When I turn 35, did you know that it'll be considered a... Um, Too old to have kids. Oh, my God. My eggs will be considered, like, senior citizens. Senior eggs. Okay, there's, like, a term for it. Rotten. Like, I don't know. Rotten but, eggs. <laughs> some rotten, rotten eggs. That's hilarious. Um, no, like... They're past their prime at 35. Like you're supposed to realistically back in the day, your prime is like 16 to 20. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm 30. So I'm 10 years past my real prime, but emotionally not ready at 16 and 20. I feel like I'm at the crossroads where emotionally and financially and physically I'm finally ready to have kids. And I only have a window of like another five years before we'll have to start paying like $50,000 to even try having kids. That's crazy. Yeah. So both of us need to get our things checked out. You need to get your sperm checked out. I need to get my eggs checked out. I'm not worried. Have you ever gotten a girl pregnant? Have you ever gotten a girl pregnant? No. No, but then that means you don't know if your sperm are swimming swimmingly. That was a terrible British accent. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I think also I didn't want to have kids as much last year, but now this year I've definitely wanted to have kids way more. I think also culturally, I've just been seeing a lot of talk about like population and having kids and how many people aren't having kids and just the pool of men that exist and the more that I see stuff about that, the more I realize like it feels like a duty. Like my duty is to have kids. To raise an emotionally intelligent man. Yes, because of how many people are having kids that I don't think maybe should oh be having gosh. kids. Oh my gosh, have you heard of passport bros? No. Do you know what that term refers to? No. Oh my God. Passport bros pretty much refer to men. You would think probably listen to Andrew Tate. They're guys in the US who want a submissive wife so they'll go and take their passport. They'll go to Colombia. They'll go to the Philippines. They'll go to Thailand. They'll go to like pretty much third world countries looking for a mate to bring her home back to the U.S. And they want women that are very submissive. But the thing is, they don't realize that these women who are living in these third world countries also expect the man to financially take care of them 100%. So there's like this new show on TLC where it's following these passport bros to the middle east right where girls are very very modest they're very submissive they take care and run the household do everything for the male and he was on a date with a girl and she was like yeah i expect my man to financially take care of me and my children like in our children and he's like this is not what i signed up for i went to i thought like girls in the middle east aren't um like gold diggers materialistic <laughs> i thought they they I thought they put family on a pedestal and she's like, you yeah, want me to stay at home and take care of the kids? There, He's going through the motions like being like, oh shit, like I can't afford to pay for half of your stuff when we get to the US. So um, yeah, there's these just men that literally just go abroad looking for girls. It makes sense. I mean, I just feel that way with the men, at least in my generation, they, and even the generation below, they just reject in kind of a run from responsibility. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And as I've get been getting older, I seek more responsibility because it makes me feel more fulfilled and more whole as a person. And I think there's a lot of guys that just don't want to have to do hard things. They want to play video games. They want to hang out with their guys. It's like they want their cake and eat it too. And exactly. as women have continued to progress so much in society, now it's even harder for men because you have to really like level up in order to get a woman that is worthy. Yeah. Because she's doing her thing and you have to step the fuck up to do your thing. And sadly, there's that disconnect right now, I feel like, in our culture where it's not really common. Yeah, that's true. I just, you know, girls have gotten more educated and with more education comes lower birth rates. So because educated women don't want to be married as much or have as many kids. And like you were saying before, you're hearing a lot of information coming out about like the population decline in the U.S. and in China, like in China and Japan and all these like first world countries. They're struggling to like make babies that's because the birth rate to replace a current population is 2.3 so every woman needs to have 2.3 children because some die to keep the population steady i think in japan it's like 1.3 like something really low korea is maybe even 0.8 like super low birth rates i mean i don't know anybody that wants to have more than like two kids i don't it's yeah. crazy my dad comes from a family of nine siblings and my mom comes from a family of seven and i've seen them struggle i know they weren't struggling when they're in asia when they're very well off but when they came to the u.s they struggled hardcore. You came in a family of four mm -hmm. siblings and I come in a family of three. And for most people, that's a lot. When you hear, oh, you have three siblings, that's a lot. Or four yeah. siblings, that's a lot. Yeah, we're only having two, by the way. Yeah, I can handle two. Okay. Because I remember you said four. I would want three. No. 2.6. We got to, you know, we got to overcompensate for all the scrubs no. out there. No, 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 no. We don't. <laughs> we don't. I'm going to be really sad if I don't get a girl. Like really, really sad. I would be devastated if I don't have a boy. To carry on the bloodline but wouldn't you be devastated if you didn't have a little girl that looked like me yeah so, running around so that's why like, one boy one girl would be perfect i know i want the girl first though teach the young boy teach the boy bully the kid <laughs> <laughs> make him play with barbies uh, so funny i'll turn out better for it yeah he will but random side note it's yeah. we finally got some sun today and yesterday was such a beautiful day <laughs> it's been insane how much gloom I know exactly where you're going with this and I'm excited for you to explain. Yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> I also, why I was like so down, I feel like last week, yeah. it was also like the weather has been so crappy Shitty. and I'm not even kidding that every day for the past three weeks has been just gray and gloomy and we've had a really bad year of weather in LA. Definitely the worst since I've been here. It was um, so much rain, I heard so many storms. I heard it's the fourth cloudiest year on record. Wow. Ever since they started recording LA's yeah. weather since 1897. Like, Holy crap. Yeah. And I saw a video that LA Times put out with this like content creator and he was explaining gloom like June gloom. And I thought that that was just something, you know, people call it because maybe June is a gloomier month, just naturally, whatever. But he was explaining why. And I was shocked that there's actually a legit reason and it makes so much sense. What's the so reason? what happens in May and June, the temperature rises. So there's hotter air, but our stretch of the, of the Pacific is still pretty cold through May and June. Yeah. And so because it's not, it hasn't heated up as much, there's cold air that's coming off of the water and that creates the air to condense. They call it the marine layer. 
And pretty much what happens is that the, the hot air kind of acts as a lid and keeps all the cold air underneath. In that condensation is the gloominess, is the clouds, is the gray, and that just spreads inland. So pretty much because the water is still a little bit colder, that air is being trapped underneath and that's what's creating this gloom. So once the water temperature heats up like one to two more degrees, no sky July apparently <laughs> is what it's called and it happens and then all of the gloominess clears. I'm so excited for no sky July. I I'll know. see it when I believe it because this year I've gotten no faith. We've had so much rain, so much cloudy weather and I can honestly, I was a little down too, Yeah, but this has been a rough week, but also like a deepening week for us, I would feel like. Yeah. I feel like our relationship got much stronger just because you were going through the motions of feeling really down. And you, you know. did such a great job of making me feel better. I will What did say. I do? <laughs> I can't remember. I think you just like cuddled me and you just comforted me. You gave me so much love. You took care of me. You went out, you got me like a couple like treats and, mm -hmm. you know, you cooked me a, the best dinner that I've ever had you made which was homemade pasta yeah with incredible chicken breast and broccoli and it sounds like such a simple meal but it was so fucking good and you even know it too that's why you're smiling because you'll be such I'm an insecure chef asking over and over again but you even know you're like oh yeah no no, no i'm bomb. smiling because i got a dm because i posted a photo of the food and i'll put it right here if i remember I posted the photo of the food and someone damned me like that is the whitest chicken I've ever seen. Where's like the like people where's love this spice? internet culture loves to just shit on like chicken being unseasoned. But and and tell me white not people. that my fucking chicken is the juiciest chicken you will ever eat. And that is one fucking hill I will live on. I make great chicken. You make breast. great chicken. Chicken is like I love chicken, but you can only eat so much of it because it's like it doesn't have that much flavor unless you make it with stuff. But you make such good just plain chicken salt and pepper salt and pepper and it's so good like i can eat so much of it <laughs> i had 10 ounces of chicken breast wait i've also boiled just chicken because <laughs> um i don't know if it's an asian culture thing or just my family thing but we would have kanji which is like boiled wet rice like very like pudding like rice with boiled chicken and whenever you got sick that's what you would eat with a little bit of soy sauce and so whenever you got sick i remember one time making you boiled chicken you're like what the fuck is this but you like it now i like it a lot yeah, yeah. now you like it just simple chicken but yeah that meal was so good and then you made us like fancy little drinks would you make like italian soda i made us italian cream soda because mm -hmm. i grew up near johnny carino's which is like a fran an italian franchise in Sacramento and probably other parts of the world, but they make a bomb Italian cream soda. And I've just been randomly craving it lately. And then, so I made us one, super easy. It's club soda, half and half and some sort of like syrup. So like cherry syrup, raspberry syrup, whatever kind of syrup you want. And then I so put good. some Tito's vodka in it and it was so, so yummy. But yeah, no, you made me feel so much better. I felt so loved. Also, I think I plucked your back that night as well. Did you? I was like, all right, we're done with this. This shit's hurting. I've been bad. giving Matt like daily like grooming, grooming facials. Yeah. We just sit on the couch and like groom each other. It's so funny. <laughs> it, it makes me think that we're like chimpanzees, like grooming each other, like picking, picking ants off each other's back. So funny, which yeah. I love. I've never been that close with someone where we're like examining each other's bodies and like picking off all the it's, imperfections. People would low key, no, they'd high key judge us if they saw what we were doing to one another every night. Well, Just, I hope people can find someone that they feel 
that comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, where it's they can examine all the moles on your body in places the sun never sees. True. All right, guys. I just wanted to apologize for crying there for a little bit. Why makes, would you cry? Why would you apologize? I don't know. For that? You feel like just crying makes me feel really, really weak, and I just—it's not. Cry I that think often. it's a, honestly, it's a. There's a lot of strength in crying and being vulnerable. I know, but I didn't even explain why I was crying, so it's even weirder. It's like, why are you crying, bitch? But it's okay. It's okay. Thank you guys for listening to me cry. Um, but we have a rotten roundup. It is not an, am I rotten? It is a rotten confession. Wow. I wanted to start off by saying, I love my boyfriend. We've been dating for about a year and a half now since our senior year of high school. And we are now long distance while we are both in college. The problem I'm currently facing is his friends. I've known them since we've started dating and hung out with them a few times in high school, but haven't seen them since we graduated. I'll be going on a spring break trip in March with my boyfriend and his friends and his friend's girlfriends. The problem is I find all of his friends attractive. In fact, I'd liked two of them before me and my boyfriend even started dating. I've been civil with them. We seem cool. I've met their girlfriends. They're all nice. But I just get so awkward around them because I find them so attractive. Don't get me wrong. I think my boyfriend's more attractive, but I would just like some advice on how to trick my brain out of it and just to treat them like normal guy friends. Plus, there will be drinking involved. Am I rotten for being attracted to them? What do you think? It's tough because I've never been in a situation where I've been attracted to my friend's guy friends or my boyfriend's guy friends. Okay, in my head, I'm like... Normally, attractive people hang out with attractive people. So, if, like, if you have an attractive boyfriend, like I do, I'm like, your friends are attractive. I'm not, I'm not blind. I can see that they're attractive, but I'm not personally attracted to them. I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're good looking, like, whatever. But I don't know if I've ever felt that way. So, it's really hard for me to explain. Well, what if it wasn't the friends, but it was just, like, guys you thought were attractive that you were around? How do you deal with that situation? I mean, I just, I know I'll just never act out on it. So, to me, it's like, oh, like, yeah, he's attractive. What's up? <laughs> what's up i don't know like i mean have you ever been attracted to my friends or like your ex's friends and felt like I mean, awkward around them no not like where i felt awkward but i could see where it would be like i don't know it sounds like she's having a dilemma to the point of like bringing it up yeah so maybe it's obviously normal to be like attracted to people you're not like you can't just put your blinders on and not be realistic mm-hmm. but I think it's okay to like find people beautiful, find them attractive, find something about them attracting to you, right? Yeah. Like people have a lot of great qualities, so it's not abnormal to be like drawn to someone or something. But if you're confident in your relationship, then it shouldn't affect I don't know. I guess I don't know how to like give the advice of like notice that it's there. But try not to overthink it. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with finding someone else attractive. It's not like you're acting on it. It's not like you're blind. I think it'd be weird to be like, I don't see any guys. And you're like, no, like, I know that my friend is attractive. Like, it's not an issue. I think just being okay with that and not acting out on any of your feelings is like the only thing you can really do. Don't tell your boyfriend, I don't think, because no one wants to hear that. Like, I don't want to hear if you're attracted to my friends and I'm pretty damn sure you wouldn't want to hear if i was attracted to your friends yeah so like don't tell him don't tell him just kind of try not to put too much pressure on yourself about it i think being confused about it is probably the first step where realize that it's normal and i think that might help alleviate some of the anxiety like there's nothing wrong with you just because you find his friends attractive just avoid the situation as well like if you find yourself flirting with them 
stay away from them like be friendly and cordial but you don't need to like be like shots 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 shot, shots like next to them right or like you don't need to like be interacting with them 24 7 mm-hmm. like hang out with the girls their girlfriends like try to have a stronger bond with the, the girlfriends instead of the guy friends and the boyfriend he's gonna be there yeah yeah so or your boyfriend yeah, yeah that makes like, sense focus too. on him focus on the boyfriend Maybe focus way more of your attention on him and then you'll realize maybe some of those thoughts and feelings kind of go away when you're getting your needs met mm-hmm. by your man. It would be different if those guys were giving her attention. Yeah. Like that's a little bit harder, but like, but it also, I think the, the, the biggest difference would be if the boyfriend wasn't there. Yeah. And she's true. like drinking with these guys and maybe they're giving her attention and there's like, you know, <laughs> it gets a little loosey goosey. Loosey goosey. And that would be difficult. But if your boyfriend's there, then just try to put all your more of your attention on him. Don't really think about it. Have yeah. fun. Be yourself. Even if part of yourself is a little bit flirty, like just be who you are. Don't close yourself off. Then you'll start being confused. Also, you'll probably confuse your boyfriend as well because he probably wants a girlfriend that can hang out with the guys and be friendly with them. So I know that's d- difficult if you're attracted to them, but just think of it as like your friends' boyfriends. Like become friends with the girls so that in turn mentally it's like, oh, that's my friend's boyfriend, not my boyfriend's friend. Mm-hmm. Like put a different boundary on it because I would never cross that boundary when it comes to my friend's boyfriends, right? So like make sure in your own head it's like, oh, like, no, that's Clarissa's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't like him like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Like I shit that one out of my butthole, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, when you say it like that. I think the overall thing is just, Understand that it's normal to have those thoughts. Try not to think too much about them and be yourself and try to spend a little bit more of your energy on your boyfriend. Yeah. And I think that'll help alleviate some of those thoughts in the back of your head. We're all human. So nothing wrong with that. I agree. All right. All righty. Episode 30 in the fucking bank, guys. Tiffany cried. We opened up. We were vulnerable. Love it. Don't expect this from us often. (laughs) It's draining to be vulnerable. Um, Not for me. Really? I just want to take a nap now. But we're going to go get some kicking crab. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.